I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into the nightmares. There it is! Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, R.J. Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is an episode of the Auto Windbags. R.J. Clifford, Juan Soto, let's have some fun tonight. Best we can. The Raiders, home opener. Opening up Allegiant Stadium, 2023. Traditional rivals, the Pittsburgh Steelers coming into town. I was in Vegas this morning and all weekend. Saw a pretty decent number of Steelers jerseys. Saw way more Raiders jerseys, which made me happy. But it definitely felt like a Steelers home game. Raiders get their dicks kicked in by the worst <laughs> offense in football. 23 to 18. And honestly, Soto, it didn't feel that close. We got lucky with some really weird, crappy penalties. Yeah, that's some, for- the game. some I and, think the... Uh, uh, the it, it turned into a one-score game that felt it felt much worse than what it was. Even when it was a one-score game, it didn't feel that close. Mm-hmm. That last penalty on uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, just the fact that Jimmy G's helmet bobbed a little bit. That that's what caused the flag. Like, I mean, was a forcible contact? Not really. Uh, would I'll take it? Well, I take it. Yeah, of course I'll take it. But yeah, we just uh, more of the same, man. These guys aren't getting any better. And one of the um, like, uh, you know, few teams get shafted by the referees more than the Raiders, and so when we get a couple going our way, like I don't cry for the opponents. Um, but this was, I, yeah, I, we, had I had, two, we had two PIs in two weeks pulled back two PIs that were thrown that were picked up in two weeks. So I'll take this. I'll, I'll take it. But I, I have, I have not heard of that penalty that we got on that. Uh, what helmet to helmet? No, 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 not the helmet to helmet in the fourth, in the fourth quarter. Oh, that, the, oh, that, that was, that was, no, you can't launch off of a defender. You can't push off a defender. Leverage. Yeah, yeah you, I've, you can't I've do never that. heard of that. Am really? I, no, I've never heard, heard of leverage. I've heard that. I might have seen it and like just kind of forgot about it. But when they said like a oh, penalty leverage, I was all, "Oh, they're making up penalties. They're they're getting they're getting creative. <laughs> they're pulling an old bag of tricks because it's prime time. They're pushing for overtime to get some extra ad space for NBC. That's what I thought. Never heard of it before. I I, I don't I don't doubt it exists. I'd never heard of it before. Um, I don't know where to begin. Um, you want to begin with the obvious? Well, I mean, is the obvious Josh McDaniels and kicking that field goal weirdly when you're down eight with minutes left and you're like, oh yeah, you know, I, you know what I want to do? Put the game in the hands of my defense. I have Devonte Adams, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, one of the best passing pass blocking offensive lines in football. Like, no, let's kick for the, let's kick the three when we're down by eight with just minutes to go and put it in the hands of our defense. It doesn't make sense. You, we know uh, if you have a bad defense, okay, a defense that's been known to perform poorly and they've gotten a couple of stops in a row. Yeah. It's, it's not sustainable. It just isn't. That, that's not who they are. And to rely on somebody so – to rely on the side of the ball that's so unreliable – when you're the offensive-minded coach, when you have your players in there, you have a great running, a great wide receiver. You have a really good wide receiver number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you drafted high a tight end. You 
signed a, re- a free agent. These are all people that you wanted that you brought in. Yeah. And um, you're leaving it up to your defense to, 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 you know, this is not, and this is what I've been saying for a long time. This is why I said last year when we lost a bunch of games late, it's, it, our, our offense has to lead this team. Mm-hmm. If we're relying on our defense to win games, we, we're, we're not going to win those games. It's just not going to happen. Uh, and it, it happened again tonight. It, it just, it just doesn't make sense. At least, at least go out on your sword, you know, at least go out, go down swinging uh with, with with what brought you there it's not even like metaphorical just mathematically what's the best chance to win you're down by eight with just minutes left in the game you know you, you can to, score you eight touchdown points. no matter what you need a touchdown right? no matter what either way might as well get it now like like what like <laughs> and that's where it's starting to feel like jo- uh josh mcdowell's is playing like keep my job like we can, he can go, he can go to the po- to the post game presser and be like, oh, you know, it was like down to the wire, like we were one score away, like it was so close, you know, one and thing, one way, one. That. It's like, dude, fuck no, right that's off. That's not the case. You had the W right there. Look, like, if you, you want to keep your job, if you want to keep your job, because these jobs in the NFL, they're like commission salespeople jobs. All right, they're not safe. You don't have a salary and then you get paid. You know, you have to go out there and you have to perform. And to perform, you have to make things happen. You have to get the job done yourself. Well, so, you do. You do have buyouts in your contract. They are unfortunately they're pretty safe. Like Josh McDaniels is going to be rich no matter how bad he coaches. Unfortunately, he's coached so much so long in the NFL. He's already rich. He's already a rich man. He was the highest paid coordinator in the league. The, the last few years, he was a coordinator. He got called off of a plane to Indy and was like, "All right, here's another mill. Come back. Here's another. It it's." his thinking is of a defeated man. Mm-hmm. And what I said in the off season and what I said after the Buffalo game is the same thing I'm saying now. You can't keep getting embarrassed and think you're going to keep your job. Mm-hmm. Especially when, look, the excuses are all gone. Like, you can say all you want, well, it's going to take Jimmy G missed a lot of time in the off season, blah, blah, blah. Well, you knew he was hurt when you signed him. You knew Tyree was hurt when you drafted him. Yeah. You didn't get the JJ contract done in time. So you can't really use I mean, maybe the first game or so, okay, whatever, but to not get better. That's that's what really is 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 causing me to like really come down on Josh McDaniels is to not get better over the course of these these three games is the real problem not playing your best in the beginning because you missed time. Okay. That's understandable. I get that. But to not get better to put this performance out there at home. I know Mark Davis is not pleased with what's going on. I know he's upset. What I don't know is what his level of patience is. And what I don't know is the theme of the conversation he's having with Josh McDaniel because he meets with them after every game. It might be high. The Aces just won their semifinal game. He might not be talking to him. Like that's what's crazy. Is Mark Davis like genuinely loves his WNBA team? It's so weird. It's like great. Enjoy your WNBA wins, Mark Davis. Your NFL franchise. <coughs> I'm choking like the Raiders. 
<clears throat> your your NFL franchise, like the diamond gem of American sports, and one of the most storied franchises in the most storied league of sports is grossly underperforming. New stadium, fan base going nuts. You're making money hand over fist. That stadium was full. Those tickets are going for 800 bucks a pop. I guess I answered my own question. Why does Mark Davis give a fuck? His WNBA team's winning, and he's making a ton of money. Swear jar. That's two bucks. Why, why does he care? Why does Mark Davis care? He's making money hand over fist, and his chick basketball team is winning. I guess they have trophies in that sport. I don't know. You know, I, I think he, he does care more about the Raiders than he does whatever the fuck they're called. That's one for me. Two and one. Uh, it just, they're actually winning. It could be how it's like you, it's like you being excited about your fantasy football team in yeah. the grand scheme of things. You make a couple of bucks here and there, but who really gives a crap? I'm, I'm three, and zero in both my fantasy football teams. And yet I'm still like football depressed because the yeah. Raiders are winning. And I'm, and I'm sure, and I'm sure Mark Davis is owner depressed. Because this is his bread and butter, and it it honestly doesn't it doesn't make sense trotting out the same thing over and over again. Like I said in the last show, we have to stop thinking in terms of starter backup. We have to start thinking in terms of execute. Not I think execute. it's way deeper than that. I think I, I, you're right. You're you're right, Soto. But I think it's way deeper than that. Uh, Mateo 83. Thank you so much for the super chat. We appreciate it. I feel like it's uh charity. It's, uh, it's like, look, you just, we're all in this together. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Like we're playing the violin in a subway as a homeless guy. And you're giving us two bucks because we're all in the same boat. That game was bullshit. Okay. That's two for me. Mateo just paid for my two. (laughs) Thank you. We're at four now. We're at four in the swear jar. Uh, Mateo 83, thank you so much for the super chat. Very, very much appreciated. The Raiders don't deserve us. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's been that way for a long time. One of the most devoted fan bases in football. Like, it's so easy. It's so easy for the Patriots and the Rams or the University of Georgia or Clemson or uh, or the Warriors to have, like, a devoted fan base. It's like, oh, we're so passionate. Oh, we show up. Oh, we're so there. Like, yeah, because y'all win all the time. Because y'all are, the fan base is handed layups and spoon fed constantly. Championships. Yeah, it's easy to show up in that situation. It must be nice. My uh, my coworkers in Vegas, like, you know, they became Knights fans because the Knights moved in there. All their kids, diehard Knights fans. Because the first year they were they there, win. they went to the Stanley Cup, and then they just and then they won the cup. They're just like, yeah, like and then in the playoffs almost every year. And they're like, yeah, like yeah, we're 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 so into the Knights. This is the best. Oh, we're we we bleed whatever their damn colors are. It's like, yeah, I I would hope so. It's all you had for a while till the Raiders were there. All you guys did was win. Yeah, yeah, like I I would hope so. I I I would hope so. Raiders fans. We're sticking around. We're sticking around through this garbage. We deserve better. My opinion. I said Jimmy G blows. Believe me now. Well, you were saying it with when he didn't blow. You said it while he was still like having good stats and winning games. So. 
I guess I, uh, look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not I, I think my opinion deserves credit. If you call something and you're like, look, I know what the stats say, but I still think in the future he's not going to do well. He deserves credit. But there, the and vice versa. Is, uh, you deserve credit. It's like, nah. look, I see the stats and I think it's a lie. My analytical eye says this. I don't think that you it absolutely was de- really that you deep. absolutely deserve credit if you call something like this. I could I could call whatever I want and just say just because it happens, then I get I get credit for it. Even if, if I just you call pull it out correctly, ass, yes. Even if I pull yes. it out of my ass. It's not, it's not a bet. Here's the problem with that, RJ, is he doesn't have he's not putting anything on the line. He's not losing anything if it doesn't turn out. Now the stakes are is, lower, but you, know, you still get credit no if you call whatsoever. it. There's no stakes whatsoever if that opinion is wrong. He loses nothing because no one's going to go back and say, hey, you see, Jimmy G was really good. So that I think, is. I, I feel is, like we do. I feel like no, there's enough. No, 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 that was that got us which, a touchdown. Which, which call? The the one that the when we lined up uh, a heavy for run and it gave uh, Devonte a, a single uh, coverage and we we threw the ball to him and got he was a, the he slant. Was, he was a lot. Where they motion? They motion. They motion the other way. And hit the slant. Yeah. The one no, that you I, said I, I immediately nice texted. Great no, play no, call. You did. You did. Okay. Oh, okay. RJ did. I mean, Rory did it. Oh, That's okay, what I'm okay. saying. Is is you know people will say that shit. was a sick play call. Like that's like like that's what play call. So when when Josh McDaniels came to the Raiders, like that's what I thought we'd be getting twenty times a game. Like sick, like dude, it was so sweet, dude. It was like it was third and one. They all think everyone's thinking run, everyone's thinking quarterback sweep, uh, quarterback sneak. They shift to the right and just throw a beautiful slant to Devontae. That's how you get single coverage on Devontae is when you get them all thinking quarterback sneak. Beautiful play, like I. That's what I thought. We were gonna get with Josh McDaniels. I thought I was gonna like like fifteen to seventeen times a game. I thought I would get my skirt blown all the way up with like sick play calls like that. And and, and again, it, he's still Josh McDaniels. Like he is still an offensive minded guru with with stuff like that. But it's just all buried behind poor game management, poor locker room etiquette, poor like basically everything else. Like it's just it's just falling apart in that way. Um, yeah, so let me look. You you kind of cut me off when I was trying to make my point. Sorry, I did. I'll shut. The, up. I'm going to keep drinking because that's all you can do in this situation. Go ahead. Look, the 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 problem that I have with stuff like that. Guess is, what I'm drinking. I have no clue. Vodka. Soda. Vodka. Sorry. Continue. I promise not to cut you off anymore. I, I, I did right. it twice. It it, honestly, it doesn't really matter anyway. It really doesn't because I mean none, none of the listeners give a shit. Because all they're going to do is say what they want to say and say, I was right. Because everyone is so focused on being right. So if more negative things happen than positive in football anyway, you can always pick out negative things to happen because you don't score on every single play. Right? So everybody, go ahead. Well, I think if you win, everything's forgiven, more or less. Not right? really, like, because we, we, won game, we won first game and people were still shit talking. Well, it was it was mostly positive, but I no, think it wasn't. It, it wasn't. Look, is it shit talking or is it all right? We beat a terrible team, 
I'm concerned. We didn't know they were forward. terrible. The kid, we didn't know they were their deep. We didn't know their defense was that bad. You're not until, giving credit to people later. who 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 saw what was happening and saying, "Look, well, I'm concerned." Guys, you need look, to give credit to people that said that. You're not. You're 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 using two different points in time to make the same reference and to make the same point. At the time, they were shitting on us only scoring 17 points against the Broncos. They had not yet given up 33 against or 35, I guess, against Washington and 150 against the Dolphins. They were still a defense that was pretty good last year. And they and we beat them. So let's not so look th- back. Let's doesn't look that back give them say, more oh, credit? I knew the next two weeks they were going to give up over 100 points. Well, we, look, we didn't know that. Then obviously they did because they're like, look, we beat a bad team and scored not enough points against a terrible team. Like they deserve credit for that call because they were correct. Like it's okay to see Dude, it's, that they're not you playing only well. Deserve credit if you put something on the line. If you pull something out with nothing behind it, I I give our listeners more credit than that. Like you, like look, if you're in the comment section of our listeners. videos, it's not about the listeners or anything. It's about anybody who just says something just to say it, where they have nothing to lose. If it goes wrong, they don't get credit with the goal. What do right. we have to lose if it goes wrong? Like, I don't understand what you're saying. Like, that's what we're doing here. It's like we're having a conversation and just talking about the sport and talking about the game yeah, and talking man. about the team. I, I don't understand where we're going here. Like, okay, well, then let's move on then. Where do you want to start? I don't want to start anywhere. I want to get this done as fast as possible. No, there, there's a lot to unpack. Well, then we're let's not, get it done as fast we're not as getting we can. out of here. We're not as fast we need, as we, we need can. to unpack this. We can uh, pack, unpack it as fast as possible. That'd be great. King 85, great super chat. We really appreciate you. Thank you. It's time to rip it all the way down. Mark is in a unique, I'm assuming Mark Davis is in a unique situation where he doesn't have to worry about ticket sales. That is so true. We could be 17 and 0 and 0 and 17, and the ticket sales are going to be the same. It's such a unique situation. He's going to sell it regardless, but all this rebuilding on the fly ain't it. I wouldn't say the last rebuild was on the fly, it was very orchestrated. It's like, not only are we getting a new head coach, we're getting a new head coach and GM that know each other and work together for a while. And we're coming off of a playoff year. Like it wasn't, it wasn't on the fly. It wasn't even a rebuild. It was neither on the fly nor a rebuild. It was like, we're a playoff team. Let's get what Mark Davis thinks is a winning combination and go win some shit. Swear jar. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he's 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 making money no matter what happens. It doesn't matter because if he, if his home team doesn't buy the tickets, the uh, the the away team will. So he's going to sell out every single game. Are you in the comment section just banning? I love oh, it. Oh yeah. Just slashing. Just oh, slashing yeah. and killing. I've never seen you do this before. You must be really pissed. Yeah, I'm really I've pissed. never I seen was, you in the comment I was section start banning. Earlier today with all your guys' bullshit, I was I've been pissed off all day. Swear jar. I've been pissed all day. Are we at what are we at? Two and three? Me three two, and three. three? Three and three? Three and three. Six dollars. Yeah. Eventually, at a show, we're going to do like a swear jar uh, poll question. Like, what are we going to do with all the money? It's going to be a lot if the season keeps going like this. Um, let's let's start with let's start with Kenny Pickett, quarterback for the Steelers. He's a terrible quarterback. He's not very a, good. On a terrible offense. He is bad at the sport of football. But the Raiders defense, what we're talking about, the slump busters, 
It's like if you haven't haven't gotten laid in nine months and you go with like you go with that fat chick that's like the secretary of your office, just like get out of a slump buster. That's the Raiders defense. You're looking for a slump buster. You throw the football against us. Uh, I got the stat. Okay. So Kenny Pickett, career stats, 62.6% completion percentage, nine touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 75 and a half quarterback rating. All right. That's his career stats. This is what he had against the Raiders. 16 of 28, 235 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 108 and a half quarterback rating. He had the first two touchdown pass game of his career. It's not against the Raiders. Just atrocious by the defense. Yeah, man. It's... Doesn't look good, and it's not getting better. I do want to give... uh, There's one piece of credit I want to give Patrick Graham, and it's probably the only thing, is... They were doing some pretty cool stunts with Max Crosby. Cause like when you line up Max Crosby, like, you know, on the left or wherever he may be, it's like, okay, the offense offensive line can, all right, we're going to chip. We're going to double team. We're going to do whatever. And so they mostly did, but Patrick Graham on passing downs was having him stunt. And he'd be like, run all the way around the back of the defensive line to the other side and try to give him space, which was brilliant, right? Like you got Max, like when the entire offensive scheme is double or triple team Max Crosby, and you can do whatever you want. You got to move Max around. And so that was a really nice adjustment of Patrick Graham. And it, it, it paid off. Like Max was able to like, his stats were not off the wall, but it, he was able to be more disruptive because, you know, he's lined up over the left tackle and he's fighting the right guard, right? For a position. So um, that's probably the most positive thing I can say about Patrick Graham's defense is that they, they, they stunted Max Crosby pretty well. Like he was able to move around a little bit. It was hard. Yeah, they, it was hard for the on, it was hard for the Steelers to to, to like put a finger on on passing. Yeah, they on. they even put him on middle linebacker runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the um, Illuminor versus TJ Watt that was the number one matchup leading up. They were like, all right, let's pay attention to that. How's it go? He actually held up well, except for the two sacks, which is weird. It's like two sacks is a lot for any one player, even if it's TJ Watt, like arguably the best defensive player in football, probably the best pass rusher in football. Um, There was a good pocket for Jimmy G string. He had time. He had a, time, you know, usually, usually question. a pretty good pocket. Interesting question here. Uh, Boogie's Moolah B. Does AOC make a difference if he plays or are we setting him up to fail too early? Or is that the best way to learn? Honestly, it, it it depends on who you are, and it depends on what your philosophy is. If you feel you can protect the quarterback, go ahead and put him in there. And so far, we've been able to protect the quarterback. So I don't see how it would be a negative thing going in, having him go in there and throw five, six picks, you know, whatever, in, 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 in three games. If he does that, we, we, we had that already, right? Mm. What we did, what we do know that uh, uh, Farva has been there every day, does have the tools to run this offense, has more experience in this in this uh, in this uh, version of the Dash Dinos offense than 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 Jimmy G does, and um, I don't see what, how it could hurt us saying, "Look, Jimmy G, you are not performing. You're performing extremely poorly." 
by the contract that we gave you, you're not our long-term answer. And by your play, you're telling us you're not the short-term answer either. So just like I said about Brandon Staley last week, the sooner you move on, once you get that information, and I said it about our last quarterback too. I said, so I'm not, I'm not, I didn't just say it one time. I've said it a bunch of times. Finding out who is not the person is just as important as finding the person. Because once you know a person is not that person, you move on. Why, why stick around with somebody that you know is not going to be the person? Because that's where the politics of like job security come in, right? Like if Josh McDaniels goes, all right, we're benching our $33 million guaranteed money quarterback for a fourth round rookie. You're waving the white flag. You're telling everyone you're waving the white flag. A white flag. And if you're Josh McDaniels, you want to keep your job. You want to do that. I'm with you from a football sense. In a sporting context, you're 100% right. Like, let's let's shake things up. Let's try something different. Let's was the uh, was the offseason success of Farva fool's gold or real? Let's find out. In a sporting sense, you're 100% correct. But in football, there's politics. In football, there's business. There's no way Josh McDaniels does that. Uh, Raider Manny, very generous super chat. Thank you so much. Thank you. Sending this again. Five swears for each of you. My man, we can go. We can rip some. We can rip some off on the on the uh, on the tab of Raider Manny. Love this show. Thank you, Randy. We love you. Difficult game to watch, especially Jimmy with a possible ankle injury. Um, it was weird. It was like I, I tweeted it out. When he when they when he had that ankle injury, he was kind of like shuffling off, or like all of Raider Nation, other than you, because you say he's not injury prone. Me and I think most RJ, people don't fucking like, pick at me today, man. Don't do you that said, shit. What did I? You RJ, said he's don't not do that. Prone. RJ, please, just just do me a huge favor, RJ. Don't do that. Don't do that today. Don't qualify what you say. No, no, no don't do that. What you say don't matters. You said he's not injury no, prone. No, 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 no. Because you only do that when you feel I'm wrong about something. Or when you can throw it in my face about something. Just don't do that today. Just don't be a dick. How I'm is it throwing it you. in your face I'm not doing when he got you, hit RJ, and wasn't RJ, injured? I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Proved, this RJ, proved please, your theory RJ, more than disproved you, please, your don't theory. Don't do this. Don't do this, please. Just don't do this. All right? He doesn't get hurt and you get mad at me for your theory? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, my God. He left. It's just you and me and the wall, guys. Soto just bounced. Was I out of line? Because, you know, like, you know, Soto says that uh, Josh McDaniels, or I'm sorry, um, Jimmy G is an injury prone. And he gets tackled, sacked, borderline hurt, and then still plays the game. If anything, that makes Soto more right. And yet he disappears because he's upset. It is a it is a loss. In fairness to Soto, it is a loss that would make me want to leave too. It is brutal. Like I'm literally just here for you guys. Like I'm just I'm just here to like make sure like we're we're all in this together. Like we're on that last lifeboat of the Titanic. I was trying to prove prove him right. Like Jimmy G got hit, looked like he was hurt. And I, I was making the joke that, like, I, I literally tweeted out. I was like, do I spend the next 90 minutes of my life making lifelong memories with my three-year-old? Or do I watch Brand Brian Hoyer play football? And I wanted to bring that up, but so it didn't let me. Um, 
the possible ankle injury. That looks like it's gone. It looks like he's healthy. He's fine. Not an issue. We're sticking to this together, boys. It's just you and me. Um, I'm going to get to your questions here in one sec. There's a couple things I want to get to. Jimmy Garoppolo. <clears throat> he now leads the NFL in interceptions. Let that sink in. He has one of the best pass-blocking lines in football. He has all kinds of time. He has a scheme of football that says get the ball out quickly so you're not under pressure. Just like, just get the ball out. You have one of the best wide receiver cores in football, Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, and one of the best pass-catching and pass-blocking backs in football, in Josh Jacobs. He wasn't that guy his entire career. He has become that. Josh Jacobs has become an incredible pass blocker in the backfield and catcher of the ball out of the backfield. And still, he threw three picks today and leads the league in interceptions. He was supposed to be the safety guy. He was supposed to be the efficiency guy. He was supposed to be the no mistakes Dish the ball out to the winners. Dish the ball out to the pro bowlers. Guy. And he leads the league in interceptions. I thought that was behind us. Derek Carr was Mr. Give the ball away to everyone around. And Jimmy G has somehow eclipsed him. This is awful. And those interceptions, a lot of them were really terrible. The one to Michael Mayer, he had separation, and fairness to Jimmy, there's a little pressure, right? The, the one to Mayer. There was a little pressure. He steps into the pocket, and Mayer is starting to get separation going across the, across the field. And he, like, way underthrows it. Like, throws it way behind Mayer. Interception. That interception. The second Jimmy Garoppolo interception was the worst interception of week three of the NFL. It was awful. About as ugly as it can get. He had tons of time, clean pocket, sitting there, lobbed it into double coverage, right into the DB's hands. Awful. Just atrocious. And then in um, in the two-minute drill, he throws a third one. Three interceptions for Jimmy G-String. Really bad. Which is... Which is a bummer for a lot of reasons. One, because it's three turnovers. But two, like there were a lot of plays. I would say the, the majority of Jimmy G's play was actually pretty good. Like when he was under pressure, he was moving in the pocket really well, stepping up in the pocket, hitting Devontae Adams. We'll get to Devontae in a second. Like he was generally playing well. And when I when I talked to my 49ers friends about Jimmy Garoppolo, because like we all knew who we all know who Jimmy G is. We all have seen him play, right? Like he's in Super Bowls and NFC championships and playoffs and playing for premier organizations. Like if you watch football, you more or less know Jimmy G's game, but you don't really know a quarterback until you talk to his fan base, right? And when I talk to Jimmy G, Jimmy G fans, like when I talk to 49er fans, and I live in California, so I know a lot. I know a lot of 49er fans. When I talk to 49er fans, they're like, look, he's going to give you two or three face palm oh my god what did you do type plays every game and i heard it with my brain but i didn't process it with my heart i didn't like fully absorb what that meant and so 
like in game one, when he threw one pick in the red zone, I was like, oh, wow, he, it, was, it was one screw up. He screwed up one time. That's, you know, that's, that's apparently Jimmy G screws up multiple times a game and it's awful and you're always face palming yourself. And then in game, in week two and then in week three, especially this week, you really saw what he's talking, what they're talking about. It was just, just, just atrocious, atrocious interceptions. And I know you can't say like, look, take away the three interceptions and it was a good game. But if you take away the three interceptions, it was a good game. Like he was moving around the pocket. Well, like he was finding Devonte Adams. Like, look, if your game plan is Devonte is going to be in 50, 50 ball situations, feed him no matter what you can win that way. It's Devonte freaking Adams. You can do that. And that was the game plan. But we had three just, we had two and a half, oh my God, what the hell am I watching interceptions by Jimmy Garoppolo? And that loses you games. Um, we talked Kenny Pickett. We talked Jimmy G. We talked Illuminor versus TJ Watt. Gave up two sacks. A little positivity. How about a little positivity? Divine, Do Divine Diablo. Is there a more improved player on the Raider, Raiders roster than Divine Diablo? He's playing great. Controlling the edge, rushing the passer. Um, he had he led the he led the team in tackles with eight, four solo. He's playing fantastic. He's playing so well. That's the end of uh, the positivity hour. No, I, I lied. I lied. Devontae Adams is open every single play. Every single play. Devontae Adams is open. If it's a 50-50 ball, you throw it to Devontae Adams. He's just that good. Devontae, 13 receptions, 20 targets. 20 targets. Jimmy Garoppolo only threw the ball 28 times. 20 targets on 28 attempts, which I understand. Do it. 13 receptions, 172 yards, two touchdowns. He's not human. He is a mutant. And I mean that in the most positive way possible. Thank God he's a Raider. Like, where would we be without him? Where would we be if Devontae Adams wasn't like, oh, I don't know where my quarterback in Green Bay is going to go. Let me go play with my college buddy and then just stick around there after he's gone. Like, where would we be without Devontae Adams? I never really appreciated Devontae until he was a Raider. Like, I obviously had seen him play. I'd seen him play for Green Bay. And, you know, we saw Aaron Rodgers throw touchdown after touchdown after touchdown, first down after first down after first down with him. But until I watched like every single snap that he played in the season, did I really get what he is, what he's capable of, and how we're wasting the prime of one of the best wide receivers in football, if not the best wide receiver in football right now. It's so bonkers how good he is. Um, so Josh McDaniels, we can talk about the general overall crappiness almost cost me another dollar there in the swear jar. The overall crappiness of the season, right? One and two, losing to a bad team, getting blown out by a good team. But how about 
being down by eight with four minutes left. We kick a field goal, which was dumb to begin with. And then a penalty I've never heard of, leverage, actually made the situation worse because we kicked the field goal later with less time, right? Like we're down by eight. We should be going for a touchdown. We're within striking distance. We have Devontae Adams and a fantastic pass-blocking line. Not to mention Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro. Josh Jacobs is a beast out of the backfield this year and last year. He's actually really good at the backfield this year. Like it's because his rushing numbers are so terrible. We're kind of like we're overlooking how good he's been out of the backfield this year. Catching really good. All these weapons. And we're like, no, we're going to put it in the hands of our defense. Our world-class defense. What a terrible decision. And then even though we kicked the field goal, he should have declined the penalty and said, all right, I'd rather have four minutes to try to stop your offense and then get our offense on the field as opposed to two minutes. So instead we have like seconds left and Jimmy G throws a pick. Josh McDaniels is. I can understand a head coach having strengths and weaknesses, right? If you're going to be a not man's man, if you're not going to be a rah-rah coach, if you're not going to be a leader of men, then you better not screw up the technical part of the game. Then you better get the numbers exactly right. Your strategy better be perfect. Your X and O's better be immaculate. Your game management, clock management, management better be through the roof. If you're going to let that part of football, which is a very, very important part of football, go to the wayside. Like, I'm not going to be a leader of men. I'm just going to be a computer with a clipboard. If you can't even get the computer with a clipboard part, if you can't even get that part right, then what are we doing here? The things you were brought in as your strength, you can't pull off. Then why are you here? It was really bad. Um, another really, really sad development is the the Steelers coming into today had given up 5.6 yards per carry. Tied for second worst in the NFL. Tied for second worst. Defensively, yards per carry. 5.6. Atrocious run defense. Arguably the worst run defense in football. And we came in with the NFL rushing leader, Josh Jacobs. And this isn't a knock on Jacobs. Could he have played a little better? Sure. Right. I'm sure he's going to go watch the tape and kind of kick himself for things he didn't do right. That's certainly a possibility. But it was mostly on the O-line. Josh Jacobs carried the ball 17 times for 62 yards at 3.6 yards per carry. The Steelers were giving up 5.6 coming into, into tonight. And then with an offensive guru, Josh McDaniels, and the NFL rushing leader, Josh Jacobs, ran for two yards per carry less than what they were giving up. That's really bad. Uh, a couple individual performances. Um, Marcus Peters 
He had a bunch of great tackles in the open field, which I want to give him credit for. He was a really good tackler today, but he was so bad in the first quarter. He was the one that got smoked by Kenny Pickett on that bomb. That was the long, get this guys, get this Raider Nation. That Kenny Pickett bomb over Marcus Peters was the longest touchdown pass by the Steelers over the Raiders since the immaculate reception. Let that sink in. Kenny friggin' Pickett just beat the immaculate reception for touchdown bombs. Just let that seep into your skin and poison your soul for a minute because we all deserve that right now. Let's just wallow in that pain. Kenny Pickett. And then also Marcus Peters dropped that uh, that gift of a pick six. Like there's there's dropping of interceptions where it's always weird, right? So like if I'm a corner and I make a great play, right? Like I break on the wide receiver and it should be an interception, but I still stopped the completion. It was a pass breakup and I'm mad. Like it's like, all right, it's weird because yeah, yes, you dropped the interception, but you it was a pass breakup. Like you stopped, you made a great play and stopped the completion. So it's a net win, right? This was a gift. This ball was going nowhere. This ball was nowhere in the vicinity of the wide receiver. Like it was a miscommunication between Pickett and the wide receiver. The receiver was going left. The ball went right. And Marcus Peters is right there. It was just like, bleh, bounced off his chest into no man's land. The Raiders are the only team through week three without a takeaway. This defense cannot take the ball away to save its life. Last year, it was the worst in football, and it's trending to be worse than last year. One of the most important aspects of football, of all the metrics, of all the stats that decide wins or losses in a football game, obviously, clearly, the number one is wins or uh, points, right? Like, that's, you know, who has more points, that wins. Number two, by a mile, it's not yards per game. It's not sacks. It's not time of possession. By a mile, the number one stat that decides if you win or lose football games is turnover ratio. Are you taking the ball away more times than you're giving it away? That's number one. It beats everything else by a mile. And in three games, the Raiders don't have a single takeaway. Not one forced fumble, not one fumble recovery, not one interception. Think you're going to win that way? Think that's how you get W's? I don't know where to go next. Devontae, JMD, a lot of Steelers in the crowd today. I was in Vegas this morning because I was here. All, I was there all weekend working. And I, when I was flying out, I saw a lot of Raiders, uh, Raiders jerseys in the airport, like coming into the game. I was very happy to see that. When I was walking around Vegas, I saw a lot of Steelers jerseys. Like, look, Steelers have a big fan base. They are, they are a, they are a well-supported NFL team. And so like, all right, you know, there's going to be a lot of Steelers fans in Vegas. Legion stadium is going to, you know, have a chair. They were loud. They were proud. They made their presence known. Did they affect the game? Maybe. I'm not sure. But they were definitely there. All right. You guys have been going 
bonkers in the comment section. So I want to take some questions. Uh, Galactic goo. That sounds uh, oddly sexual. RJ underrated Soto holds him back some way. McDickhead held back car. Bobby Gallardo. That's Raiders defense always finds a way to not get a tone over. This is back to back to back games where interceptions have bounced off of chests of DBs. Three straight games. Turnovers have bounced off the chests of DBs. Uh, Boogie, that pick six would have given us all the momentum. It would have. I mean, and those are like one of those, like, um, you know, uh, what's the proper term? It's one of those things that gives you kind of a um, theoretical momentum, right? Like momentum is like less tangible. It's like, all right, is momentum like real? I, if I can't touch it, taste it, feel it, like grab it, put it in my pocket, is it really real? Um, it clearly, it, like, it, it is a, like a, a functional part of football, but it's hard to kind of like put a metric on it. But six points, I can definitely put a metric on for sure. I would have loved those six points. Yeah, where is Soto? Defend that crap. Where is Soto? He bounced. He bounced. He's he's going to say, he's going to say it's because I'm giving him shit, but really because he's been putting rose-colored glasses on Josh McDaniels the entire time and, and the season's falling apart, that's why he bailed. It was a long, dude, me, him, and Rory in our text chain today, it was vicious. It was brutal. There was a, it was, it was a, it was a bloodbath. It was a bloodbath, the back and forth between the three of us. And uh, he's watching like all his rose colored glasses analysis of Josh McDaniels fall apart. And so he's, he's flipping out. He's just like, I'd rather not be here than, than hear it. And I was going to play nice. Like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to admit I was right about Josh McDaniels. I don't want to say like, yeah, this Raiders organization has been set back. Josh McDaniels is, he is who he was in Denver. Like, I don't want to say that. Been hearing it all year. Jimmy G is a winner. With Shanahan, he is. That's for sure. But Jimmy is a winner, please. Shanahan, he is. Um, yeah, where did Soto go? Jimmy G is playing scared. I'm gonna disagree. This isn't a this isn't an all or nothing analysis here. Like you get reality. Jimmy G had multiple plays, 15, 18 plays, where he stood in the pocket, took a hit, was under pressure, moved in the pocket, found time. He had multiple plays. And when we were down and it felt like we were out, Jimmy G was still there. Jimmy G was still a gamer. The whole theoretical, he's scared, he's not there, he's not the guy, like that's not a Jimmy G thing. The Jimmy G thing is just like, really bad decisions, terrible footwork, and no long ball. That's the Jimmy G problem. Like, guys, watch this. Like, I know we're like, you know, um, we're not all like X's and O's gurus or like offensive coordinators. And I don't pretend to be either. But watch Jimmy G in the pocket and watch his mechanics when he throws the ball. Watch his feet. Please. If you're going to go back and watch the game or the next game moving forward or 49ers games, whenever, do me a favor. And come back later and tell me what you think, right? You can. I'm on Twitter at RJ Clifford MMA. I'm at Instagram, RJ Clifford MMA, or, or more specifically, come here on Auto Winbacks, right? 
Tell me what you see when you watch Jimmy Garoppolo's feet in the pocket. He never sets them. Ever. You're supposed to plant, like, it's like a boxer throwing a punch. You want to plant your feet, rotate your hips, and deliver your power. Power comes from the, from the feet, the legs, to ass up. Boom. That's how you get your power, right? When Jimmy Garoppolo throws the ball, his feet aren't planted in a staggered, clean stance where he can rocket it. He, like, jumps when he throws, or his feet are next to each other where you have no balance. He's, he's, he throws the weirdest ball. Which is his feet are his, his feet are bonkers, and it's so weird. He's been in the league for so long. He's had so many good offensive coordinators. He's had so many good quarterback coaches, and yet he just always throws the ball with ballet feet. It's super weird. I don't get it. the The only reason I can think of is because he's so afraid of getting hit and getting hurt that he doesn't want to plant his feet. Like when you plant your feet, that's when you get hit, and like your ACL gets turned into space dust, right? So he's like, oh, instead of planting my feet and risk getting injured, I'm going to like, I'm going to be twinkle toes and not plant my feet and not be able to get power behind my throw. Like you can't throw a football jumping in the air with power. You have to plant your feet and rotate. It's just, it's so weird. He just doesn't, he just refuses to set his feet. Uh, Boogie, Dion Primetime Sanders would have gone for it. So I'm glad you brought this up, Boogie. I'm glad you brought this up. Because I was, I was thinking about this yesterday. So I was watching, you know, I was, I was working the UFC fight. Um, and I was watching the, the Colorado game. And watching them getting destroyed by Oregon, right? Deion Sanders at, Oregon, or at, uh, at Colorado has already established himself, right? Like, he was started 3-0, big upsets, and a team that only won one game last season. Like, he's already turned that, that school around. He's not going to be there long. Someone's going to hire him. And I'm not guaranteeing by any means that he's going to turn the Raiders around. I'm not guaranteeing he's the answer for the Raiders. But what I am saying is that the Raiders need a foundational shakeup. They need a complete change in culture, in strategy, in business, in outlook. They need a complete shakeup from the highest positions, from the ground to the top, from the, from the king to the pawn. And because Mark, Mark Davis is never going to sell the team, Mark Davis is not going anywhere. And believe you me, he is the problem. What has been the one consistent issue during the last 15 years of Raider inadequacy? There's only one person that's been there the entire time. Different coaches, different quarterbacks, different coordinators, different presidents, different GMs, different everything, different scan, different everything. Only Mark Davis has been the consistent figure during this entire run of Raiders inadequacy. And he's not going anywhere. Right. So just like learn to live with that. We need somebody who's going to come in and completely turn the culture on its head to change everything. If we bring a guy in who's just going to kind of like, well, I have some defensive ideas to help. That's not enough. This entire franchise needs to be grabbed by the neck and shaken. Turned upside down. All the coins coming out of the pockets, sifting it up and buying something better. If this franchise was a monarchy, the peasants would be coming from the slums 
and putting the king in what's that thing where they chop their head off? Like that's what this franchise needs. That's the point of this franchise. That's where this franchise has gotten. If it were a, if it were a country in South America, there'd be a, a regime change. Like there'd be guerrilla warfare in the streets. Like that's how bad it's been. That's what this franchise needs. Not a tiny change. Oh, we're going to go, you know, 30% left when everyone thinks we should go 20% right. Like, no, we need a completely foundational change. I'm telling you, like, it's not, it's not a small change thing. Guillotine. Thank you, Unholy Roller. That's what we need. Like that, like that's what this franchise needs. Game changing, regime changing moves. But the regime's not going to change. It's Mark Davis. He's not going anywhere. Uh, Boogie again. Oh, thank you. Al Davis was the shakeup back then. Raiders needed a new Al Davis of this modern age. I'm with you. It needs a giant shakeup. Uh, Francisco Pancho. So far, Raiders' best picks doing nothing. Tyree and Mayer, nothing. Awful. And the longer this goes on, the more I kind of wonder is, are the are the draft picks that bad? Or are the Raiders, the organization, the coaches, and scheme that bad? Because I always say, like, you look, you know, it, it it leaves a bad taste in my mouth saying it, but Patrick Mahomes is on pace to be the best football player in NFL history. It sucks, but it's the reality. Like, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Like, he's that good. Is it because he, like, if, if the Raiders drafted him, would, would he be that good? If the Browns drafted him, would he be that good? Or is it because he was drafted by, again, bleh, a very stable franchise in the Chiefs, one of the best head coaches ever, Andy Reid, the best tight end ever, who will remain nameless in Kansas City, and all those things put together helped make him maybe the best quarterback in human history. That's what I'm saying. Chicken and the egg. If we nailed our draft picks, if we got Jalen Carter, if we got Christian Gonzalez, would they be crushing it with us? The same way they're crushing it with their teams? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. And we never know. And there's no, there's never an answer to that question. Because we've seen so many times players that come to the Raiders, like they were great somewhere else, sucked with the Raiders, left and were good somewhere else. We've seen it too many times. Uh, Dutch master 710 y'all just want somewhere y'all can come bitch and grieve. Soto is a realist. Y'all just want yes men that agree with how shit the Raiders are. Renfro got three targets tonight and tight ends, zero targets. That's not true. There was a pass to Michael Mayer that got intercepted. And Mayer got a catch too. Mayer got a two point conversion. There were at least two targets to Michael Mayer. One of them good. One of them. Awful. Uh, Theron J. Soto, a fucking girl. RJ, why don't you call him out? I've been doing it too long, man. I've been doing that too long. And also, I don't like doing that because he does that on solo shows when I'm not around, and I'm not going to do that to him. Like, when I'm going to say something to Soto, it's to his face, or preferably on the show. Like, he he bounced because he saw things crumbling, and I'm... We'll talk about it next show. When we do the podcast, when we do the the... The big show this week. We'll definitely talk about it. Theron J. What did I say? I can't wait for Soto to quit. He can't take criticism. He's a little girl. 
cut the dead weight RJ Stiganzi. No, Soto's Soto's the man. Soto's a really, really good analyst. Soto's a very, very good analyst. He's just very passionate about his football. Like really, like very much so. And um, you know, a bad, a bad sports team brings out the worst in people. <laughs> right? I'm never a bigger dick than when the Raiders lose. Dutchmaster 710, Jimmy regressed with McDaniels. He never looked this bad with the Niners. So mathematically, look at the stats, right? Derek Carr's worst statistical season was with Josh McDaniels as head coach. Jimmy Garoppolo's worst statistical season of his career so far, and against only three games, in fairness, was with Josh McDaniels. With the Broncos, he ruined not one but two quarterbacks as head coach. That was Josh McDaniels. It's so weird how Josh McDaniels is like the quarterback whisperer as an offensive coordinator under the Patriots, but as a head coach, he's just ruining dudes. He's just ending careers over and over again. Uh, what else do we got? Great break, Andre. Thank you. So, Jimmy G's a poor man's Chad Pennington. <laughs> uh, noodle arm. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, heart back to the pelmic. Did you guys see? Um, Derek Carr. Um, I was on a plane this morning during the first half of the morning games, and the only game that I had available to watch was the Saints and um, Packers game. And um, Derek Carr was had a really good game, and then hurt his shoulder. And I was like, dude, Carr's coming back from that. Like, he's such a durable quarterback. Like he's not, he's not standing. Like he may, you know, and and <laughs> it was weird because Derek Carr had a good red zone game. Like he he scored a touchdown in the red zone. And the second time he was in the red zone, uh, he threw a ball right to Alave, bounced off his chest, right? So that wasn't on Carr, it was on the receiver, right? He was supposed to be two and two in the red zone. And once Derek Carr was out, they were up 17 to zero. Once Derek Carr was out, they lost 18, 17 and scored another point. And that's with a phenomenal defense. Like the DBs of the saints are maybe the best DBs in football. They're so good. They're so phenomenal. Like, God, I'm so jealous. Um, Boogie for real starting to think no matter what coach we get, we're cursed to lose. There might be some reality to that. Like franchise wise, um, culture wise, that matters. And it might be unfair for us to be like, all right, Josh McDaniels, turn around, have a do a 180 on a dime of two decades of ineptitude. Maybe that's unfair of us. Uh, unholy roller roll raider, rate oh, great name. Unholy raider. Frankie, thank you for the super chat. Appreciate it. Think about how old we'll be when Mahomes retires. Some of us will be older than others. I'll probably be 50-something when Mahomes retires. I turned 40 this year, and he's got another 10 years of football left in him. And the long like the and the more time moves on the more like the longer quarterback careers will go. Cause like medical technology is just getting better and better. Dude, the stuff they do with stem cells, the stuff they do with HGH, you hear all the time about NBA players going to, going to Germany for a month to unwind 
and they come back and miraculously all of their injuries are cured. Like, yeah, it's not because they were laying on the beach in France. It's because they're getting doped up with all the good stuff as they should. This like steroids, like craze of like, Oh, it's bad. It's unfair. It's like, dude, I want my professional athletes to play as long as possible and be healed as fast as possible and be back on the field or court or mat or cage or ring or whatever as fast as possible. If there's medical technology out there that can make Conor McGregor or Patrick Mahomes or LeBron James play longer, they should be doing it. Everyone wins. Like our best athletes get to keep doing stuff. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders with Pharaoh NFL. Thank you so much for the super chat. Genuinely, it means a lot. Uh, Jimmy G is trash. McDaniels and Ziegler are on the hot seat, I'll say. If the Raiders get a top five pick, by the way, at the game today, Steelers fans outnumbered Raiders fans. I was wondering. It sounded like they did. Now, in fairness, um, because the Steelers were winning and were outplaying the Raiders, they get louder. That's a bummer. That's a bummer we're outnumbered. Home opener primetime. I get it. When it's week 17, we're out of the playoffs and like the Niners are in town or the Chiefs are in town. This again, we talk about it a thousand times. There's a reason why like, like it's always going to be the case. Las Vegas is a destination. If you're living in Cleveland, if you're living in Jacksonville, if you're living in Pittsburgh, if you're living in Denver, if you're living in Seattle, if you're living in all these places and you find out your team is going to be in Las Vegas, Nevada. Party capital of the country. You'd be like, oh yeah. The, you know, what's the one away game we want to go to? Raiders. I want to be in Vegas. And also, unfortunately, they're probably going to suck. Let's go somewhere where we can go to a titty bar, play blackjack, and get a win. Unfortunately, that's the reality. And it's not changing anytime soon. However, this isn't week 17. This is week three. It's the home opener in primetime. And still we shit the bed. Dollar in the swear jar. And still Raider Nation couldn't show up. And I, and I have myself to blame as much as anybody. I was literally there this morning. Like I flew home to, you know, I flew home today after working in the UFC last night because I want to be with my wife and kid. But I could have flown them out. We could have we could have had three more in silver and black. I can't, you know, I can't blame you guys any more than I blame myself. Uh, Unholy Roller Raider, Frankie. Merrick is too pretty to be playing safety for us. I can't tell after Jimmy G who's next pretty. Denzel Perryman was pretty pimp. But then after that, it was kind of like a blur. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Oh, uh, what else? Let's see some other things. Let's see, let's see some new people in here. Ed Lanos. Is it safe to say that everything that McNugget touches turns to dog shit? I mean, look. I brought up the example of when Bill Belichick was at the Brown, or um, when Bill Belichick was at the Giants as defensive coordinator. He was awesome, right? Super Bowl championship defensive coordinator. Absolutely brilliant. Went to the Browns. Crap the bet. Went back to being defensive coordinator and went to the Pats. Now, if it weren't for the tuck rule and the Raiders win that game with a backup quarterback that no one knew about from Michigan named Tom Brady, 
lost that game and they didn't find success the next season, he would have been the Josh McDaniels. He would have been the guy that like, yeah, he's a great defensive coordinator under a great head coach in a great franchise, but he can't, he can't do it himself. He can't carry the clipboard. He can't be the man. He can't be a head coach. That would have been the narrative. So we're all hoping that Josh McDaniels is like that, right? The exception to the rule. We're all hoping that Josh McDaniels crapping the bed in Denver, crapping the bed so far in Las Vegas can get it together. But if you're saying, give me a fact, not let's not guess the future, but like, tell me the facts. Yes. Everything Josh McDaniels touches, not in New England, goes to crap. The Broncos went to crap. People forget he was the offensive coordinator for the Rams after Denver before he went back to New England. And they were the 32nd offense in football. Now he's now at the Raiders and they took a 11 win playoff team, gave him six wins last season. And now we got this. Yes. I'm not saying it's impossible for him to turn things around, but statistically, factually, mathematically, everything he's touched out of New England has gone to shit. Swear jar, that's another one. I'm not even keeping track anymore. I have to go back and count this. Uh, Las Vegas Rose with Pharaoh NFL. Thank you for the super chat. Jimmy G is trash. McDaniels is going on the hot seat. The Raiders get a top five pick. By the way, can we? Oh, yeah, we already did this one. I just want to give you some extra love. Thank you for the super chat. Really appreciate it. Theron Jay, he got Harris back and knocked his ass down. Harris was slow. DK, get up. Merrick has that dog in him. I think, K, this defense is just ass. Yeah, I mean, this defense is ass. It's been ass for 20 years. Awful. Janoy Kresva, Mark Davis is a huge Patriots fan. I mean, look, if you're... If you're an NFL owner and you're trying to replicate something for success, I mean, the Patriots aren't a bad place to start. Like, I get it. Like, I, I get Mark Davis's mindset. And it's not outlandish. Like, it, like if you were trying to explain, like, if Mark Davis explained to you, like, if Mark Davis came on the show right now and explained his mindset, he's like, look, Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, they've been part of a winning franchise, a winning organization, uh, an organization that knows stability um, keeping people accountable. Lord knows the Raiders need that. Like we talk about it on this show, we kind of hint at it a lot, but like the depth of the ineptitude of the Raiders core and culture is hard to understate. Like we all saw in the last 18, 24 months, how like the president got fired, CFO got fired, all that drama Obviously, we know about defensive coordinators and head coaches. It's a revolving door for guys like that. Like it's not, it's not stable. Like it's not a well-run corporate. Like if it was, if it was a corporation, the chairman of the board and the shareholders would be doing like a hostile takeover. Like it, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, like people wouldn't be just like sitting around hoping things go right or making minor changes. You've been losing for 20 years. If this was a Fortune 500 company, the shareholders would be like hostily taking over. If it was a monarchy, like they'd be they'd be putting the the, the king in a guillotine. Like it's that bad. For two decades. 
Jernoy Kresva, we just want to see progression. Mike McDaniel doing what he did today makes McDaniel's offense look even worse. Yeah, that, that's all I want is progression. Right? Like, I, I, I don't need this defense to be a top five defense overnight. That doesn't happen. Like, ocean liners can't do a 180 in two seconds. Right? A defense this bad, it takes time to improve. But like you said, I want progression. I want to see minute improvements. I want to see things getting better visibly. Over, I want to see players developing. I want to see uh, a scheme that people are buying into. We don't have a single takeaway in three games. Not one. That's abhorrent. That's that's mal that's malpractice. That's so bad. Boogie, people can shove that. You had a playoff team bullshit. We've been terrible for 20 years. Two seasons of barely making playoffs in 20 years means nothing. Uh, Well, this is where we disagree. And I can't guarantee that keeping Bisacci would have made us winners. But we finally stumbled on something semi-successful. The Bisacci team two seasons ago. And obviously it's not working like the like the path they went with is not working does that guarantee that Basaccio would have been a winner no but all you can do is go on what they've done in the past and hope they can replicate it in the future and Josh McDaniels as, as a head coach has no track record of anything other than failure all right well that's about it for us um Josh McDaniels, absolutely terrible play calling. Josh Jacobs running his heart out, but just can't catch a break. Um, the Raiders are where struggling quarterbacks go for a bounce back game, like Kenny Pickett did. Jimmy G leads the league in interceptions. He's supposed to be Mr. Stability, Mr. No Mistakes. Not the case at all. We went two games with no sacks, gave up four today. That's just kind of how the Steelers roll. Even though we had, even though the Steelers have one of the best pass rushes in football and one of the worst run defenses in football. So, of course, we threw the ball 44 times and only ran the ball 19. Naturally, right? Like, why, why would you try to run the ball against the worst run defense in football? Why would you want to, like, throw the ball against the best pass rusher in football with a quarterback that just loves to get injured every single day? Every single time he's out there. God bless Devonte Adams. God bless Max Crosby. God bless Divine Diablo, who has improved so much despite all these all these problems. But it was a rough one today, Raider Nation. It was a, it was it was a rough one in prime time. We got embarrassed, bent over, and smacked. Uh, we'll continue to keep you abreast of everything that changes. Um, I can't wait to watch the post-game presser for the players involved, coaches involved specifically. We'll have a podcast this week as well. No UFC this weekend, so I'm not on the road, which means we'll be able to do a lot of new stuff. So keep an eye on YouTube for all the things that we're doing. And uh, I promise you Soto isn't dead. He's around here somewhere. But until then, not going if you're with me.